Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Mark Sports Talk. I'm your host, Mark, and let's get into it. We got a lot of notes and news to talk about from the last little bit of fall camp as tomorrow, Thursday, we the, the Arkansas coaching staff and the players are getting ready. They're turning over into Rice game prep, all right? That's the start of, of Rice game prep. It's a... Uh, you know, a little over a week out, and uh, Ricky Stromberg practiced today. Uh, on Wednesday, Ricky Stromberg was back at practice. He he was at a press conference and answered some questions, but the main thing to me that I wanted to point out is he was back at practice, so he is healthy, and uh, he was, you know, full contact, not in a green jersey. He was full go, and uh, the team, Arkansas, is, uh, they're motivated, they're a collective unit that is dedicated to winning. And uh, Coach Sam Pittman spoke at the Little Rock Touchdown Club and said all of the members of the Arkansas Razorback football team are vaccinated except for 11 players. So with all the rules coming out uh, stating that, you know, if you don't have X amount of players to, to play in X amount of positions then you forfeit the game and it will count as a conference loss and uh, an overall loss if it's a conference team. If it's non-conference team, it's just an overall loss. But, you know, with all those rules coming out, you know, the vaccination rates are increasing with universities and coaching staffs and, and you know, overall football teams, basketball teams, such things like that. And uh, just some uh, SEC news, just based on, you know, around the country, things that are going on. Oregon is one of three teams that I'm going to talk about. I'll just say them all right now. Oregon, LSU, and Georgia. Arkansas doesn't play Oregon, but but that's a team that I want to talk about as far as it was the first one to announce that in order for anyone to attend the game, they had to have proof, they had to have vaccination proof or a negative test of COVID within 72 hours. And uh, LSU followed suit. It was the first SEC team to do so. And uh, Georgia is in the news because they are a team that Arkansas plays. And they are quite the opposite of Oregon and LSU. And they are not requiring either. They're not requiring vaccination. They're not requiring uh, proof of negative test. They, you know, for, for uh, you know, everything that's being reported right now, they're barely requiring masks. <laughs> uh, I mean, Georgia Georgia just wants to win football games, that's for sure. But uh, we're going to move on from here. And so the preseason All-SEC coaches poll was released recently, and Arkansas had six members on this poll. Three of them were on the first team, and it was the first time since 2012. And, I mean, just 10 years. 10 years almost 10 years, and uh, those those three members on the first team were linebacker Grant Morgan, a super senior, um, you know, the very talented uh, offensive weapon in Traylon Burks, at wide receiver, and then center Ricky Stromberg. Those three members are on the first team, safety Jalen Catalan is second team, and then both offensive linemen, super seniors, Myron Cunningham and Ty Clary are on the third team. Makes me feel very, very confident on the Arkansas offensive side, especially on the offensive line. When three 
out of your six members on the preseason All-SEC coaches poll are offensive linemen. And out of those three are two super seniors and a, you know, a two-year starter that, you know, is on a couple of watch lists and, you know, has potential to go to the NFL and Ricky Stromberg. And then you have another representative on your Arkansas offense and Traylon Burks. It, it just, it gives you a lot of excitement ending fall camp and heading into the Rice game prep week. With that being said, the only thing bad, you know, looking back on fall camp, there were a lot of positive, there, there were a lot of talking points. The only thing negative I think that you could take out of fall camp, and this is, a, you know, something that every team hopes to avoid, and is the injuries. There were a lot of green jerseys, meaning no contact. There were a lot of guys withheld from scrimmages and practices. Some of it was intentional as far as, hey, we know what you're bringing to the table. We're not going to risk injury, and we want to just hold you back. Some of it was just precautionary based on injuries. You know, fall camp, you know, just speaking about fall camp and injuries, Arkansas tight end converted, you know, formerly wide receiver Coylan Jackson, you know, a legacy player uh, who's had, you know, several of his family members go to school here and play football here, and his dad was Keith Jackson. Coylan Jackson, uh, sadly, is retiring from football. He's he's uh, taking a medical hardship. He will retain his scholarship, and it will not count to Arkansas's overall 85-man roster. Um he he was very positive about all the comebacks from all the injuries that he had. But a, a guy that was very talented in high school ended his high school career with injury. You know, arriving in Arkansas with injury, uh, just, you know, injury plagued him. I mean, I mean, there was no escaping it. And sadly, he is the second Razorback during fall camp to retire from football and, and take a medical hardship. And oddly enough, both of them were converted to tight end. Levi Draper, formerly a linebacker, converted to tight end, also uh, retired from football, taking a medical hardship. The other one did not occur in fall camp, and uh, that was offensive lineman uh, Noah Gatlin. So those three guys uh, have taken a medical hardship. They're still at U of A, you know, attending class, getting their education, you know, retaining that scholarship and, you know, healing up from injuries. Uh, and it's not going to count on Arkansas's, you know, 85-man limit. Um, with, with that being said, you know, listing everybody off, there's, there's obviously a lot of excitement overall. You, you, you take a look at the other two members of the team, uh, that was voted on as far as preseason polls, and Grant Morgan and Jalen Catalan. Those are your two integral, just those are your key cogs for Arkansas's defense. And I mean, if if you don't have them, I, I think Arkansas is going to struggle. If you don't have at least both of them, I mean, you can you can be without one of them, but if you lose both of them, well, it is yet to be seen. Uh, if Arkansas has any kind of substitute or replacement for either of those guys. So next season, look out as far as linebacker concerns because uh, the depth as far as four guys, one guy was moved to a position and retired, and then four guys entering this year with uh, you know, a senior behind their name, Bumper Pool, one of them. Keep in mind, 
you know, based on the COVID rule, a lot of these guys can, you know, end the year and be like, hey, I want to use my COVID rule and come back and reuse this last year. Bumper Pool is one of those guys. So he could be some potential depth. But if I, you know, if Arkansas has the, the type of year that I think they're going to have, I, I think he, you know, I think a lot of his players, I think a lot of his teammates are going to be, you know, going to the next level, uh, you know, leaving school and, you know, entering the next stage of life. And I think he's, I think he's right there with them. Uh, I think he has a, he has a future in the NFL and, um, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas is a strong team because of that, because of all the players that have come back and want to come play on this team and for this coaching staff. And, you know, Arkansas opponents, we're going to move on now after talking about injuries and, you know, awards and who's deserving and what to be excited about. Arkansas opponents, Texas and Texas A&M, replacing quarterbacks. These are two opponents that we play very early in the first half of the season. Texas in week two, and I believe Texas A&M in week uh, four, uh, week five, week four, I believe. Uh, Texas has basically come out and named redshirt freshman Hudson Card as starting quarterback. Uh, and, and, you know, vice versa, Texas A&M also naming a redshirt freshman in Haynes King as a starting quarterback at Texas A&M. So it's kind of kind of scary as far as the future of these Texas SEC opponents is going to be on full display at quarterback here. These are both second-year freshmen that are going to have at least four years to compete in the SEC at, as starting quarterbacks right now on their prospective teams. And Arkansas has a bit of a connection with Haynes King, albeit most of the connection is gone now as far as the, you know, members of the staff and, you know, members of the team that were aware of this. But Haynes King, you know, had some interest in Arkansas when Chad Morris was here. But Chad Morris had zero interest in Haynes King. He, 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 he basically shunned away any kind of quarterback recruit that had any kind of interest in Arkansas. He only recruited, you know, his son here. His son, you know, committed here. You know, it almost seemed like it was even reluctant to commit here, even even though his dad was head coach here. Even though his dad had went through all the great links that he had went through to still be able to come and visit you and play in your high school games at, at you know, at Highland Park and in Dallas. And and he still seemed a little bit reluctant to do so and commit to Arkansas. He he did, and he was committed for for a very long time, uh, until everything went south with his dad, and then he decommitted. And um, you know, just just some some more Chad Morris news. You know, the two quarterbacks that he brought in his first year or attempted to bring in that were from the the state of Arkansas: Gary Bohannon and Connor Nolan. They wanted to bring them both in. Connor Nolan was a baseball player who played football. And that's how they needed to recruit him. But they recruited him as a football player. And the baseball coach was just right there like, hey, hey, whenever you decide what you really want to do, I'm, I'm here. And Dave Van Horn has Connor Nolan now 
and Gary Bohannon is named the starting quarterback at Baylor. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Put on a showcase, Gary Bohannon, because you've got some years of eligibility to play there. And Baylor's going to be on full display in the staggering Big 12. But we're going to move on from that and continue with the Arkansas theme today. And uh, Connor Nolan, you know, ended up committing to Arkansas and uh, and retiring from football, moving on to baseball. And then Chandler Morris uh, commits to Arkansas the next year. And then um, and then decommits when everything went south. Uh, Haynes King, the newly announced starting quarterback for Texas A&M, had interest but was basically shunned away because of who the head coach was and who his son was. And that's all I'm going to talk about that. I just wanted to give those updates as far as starting quarterbacks and opponents early on. I think that kind of has a little bit of, uh, you know, in in you know, an influence on, uh, on deciding the games. I think I still feel pretty confident about Arkansas beating Texas. I, I, I still think Arkansas beats Texas, but Haynes, Haynes King, Haynes King has good size. Uh, he, he's got some, some mobility. He runs a four five as a quarterback at about six, three, two, 10. Uh, you know, last time I looked, it was six, three, two, 10. He, he's decent. He's got decent size and decent and really, you know, probably above average speed for a quarterback of, uh, you know, just his, his coming from where he has just in, in general. I mean, it's, it's got him to be named the starting quarterback at Texas A&M and with the skilled players that he has coming back, especially, you know, Aeneas Smith and Isaiah Spiller and that offensive line. I mean, you hope Arkansas getting them early you know, maybe not early enough, but but maybe early enough to at least compete. Um, I I think uh, I think Haynes King could be on a run here at Texas A and M, uh, and look out, you know, for at least the current members of the SEC, the newly appointed starting quarterbacks. The younger, the better. You, you're I'm hearing noise out of Florida about Anthony Richardson upending Emory Jones. The incumbent starting quarterback, you know, I mean, he's he he played, you know, the second drive and or the second quarter of, of the SEC championship game and Emory Jones. You know, everybody's talking about Emory Jones and, and you know the, the starting quarterback Florida in the off season, and uh, Anthony Richardson's getting all this pub. Dan Mullen says that he prepares quarterbacks to play two, two quarterbacks in a year, two starters. I mean, that, that promotes good competition. And in the SEC, you're going to have injuries, so it's really, really smart. But, I mean, moving on, moving on just from the rumor mill. Moving on, 10 days out from Rice, September 4th, I'm going to talk about the top 10 Razorback newcomers to the team. Guys that maybe have been on campus but had to sit out due to transfer rules or that are new new transfers coming in from the offseason or or freshmen. Now, to start that off, I'm going to start with number 10. And number 10 is true freshman A.J. Green. A, I mean, the bottom end of this was a little difficult to narrow down, but A.J. Green, I think he has the kind of speed you like. He's got good size, 5'11", 200 pounds. He was a four-star guy. 
offered by a lot, a, a lot of schools. And he was a headliner in Arkansas's class. The only thing that's really hampered him is injuries. Uh, I think he's probably going to be ready to go at least by the Rice game, potentially Texas. But he, I think, by the middle of the year is going to be an impact player, at least a rotational guy that's going to contribute and maybe make some plays here and there for the Arkansas offense. But moving on to number 10. And number 10, I have sophomore offensive line transfer from from Charlotte and Tykeest Crawford, six foot five, three hundred and fifty pound talented offensive lineman. Uh, you know, he's had a storied, you know, recruitment, you know, that has involved a lot of different schools in Arkansas and academics. And long story short, he's ended up here. He loves it here. And he's competing and vying for starting playing time. And if nothing else, he's going to get in the rotation at number two right tackle. Number eight on the top ten newcomers list is true freshman kicker Cam Little. Guy kicked a 57-yard field goal in a you know a pressure situation in fall camp practice, and uh, Coach Pittman said it would have been good for 60 plus, and he was you know thrilled with him. He was you know uh, he was very confident in him. He's very complimentary of him, and I think Arkansas has you know a newly appointed scholarship kicker that has cemented himself as a at least at this point. You haven't seen him in the live game, but at this point. Uh, a very competent, confident kicker. And uh, we move on to number seven now. Number seven is a walk-on transfer, former four-star uh, former four-star wide receiver from Florida State, uh, Warren Thompson. 6'3", 205. In the absence of Mike Woods, you know, transfer in Oklahoma, Devion Warren coming off of an ACL injury, uh, you need... You need some wide receivers to step up here, and this guy's a you know highly touted coming out of high school. You know he competed at the highest level you know in in the ACC at Florida State, and uh, you know the only thing that slowed him down here at Arkansas the you know thus far has been uh, nagging hamstring injury. But you know outside of that, um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. I think you'll see him. Week one, game one, you know, versus Rice, and uh, and now we move on to to the sixth best, in my opinion, the sixth ranked newcomer to the Arkansas Razorbacks, and that's sit one year, four star, signed with Oklahoma, Jaqueline Crawford had to, you know, he transferred in last year, he had to sit. 5'10", 175 pound, you know, slot receiver. A guy reminds me of a little bit younger, a little bit healthier version of Devion Warren. I mean, he's he's got decent size, size enough to play slot, speed enough to play slot. He could play, he could, he could return kicks or punts if you needed him to. I haven't heard him mentioned because there's a deep pool of defensive backs and, you know, freshman receivers that are vying for punt return and kick return. But we move on from there. We move on from 6th to 5th. 5th on the top 10 newcomers is Markel Utzi, Little Rock native, super senior defensive lineman that can play almost every... No, no, it, it was reported that he could play every position. He was one of three guys that plays every position on the defensive line. At 6 foot, uh, 
six foot four, two hundred ninety pounds. Markel Utzi has a lot of SEC, you know, game experience. This guy, along with several, uh, along with two other defensive line transfers, are coming in and competing and vying for starting playing time, and and two of them are from the SEC. The other guy is a very large, very talented guy from from a from a lower level conference, and uh, and and with that we move on to number four, and that is true freshman receiver Keytron Jackson or Keytron, yeah, Keytron Jackson. So I've already named two wide receivers in this list, both of them four-star, redshirt junior uh, receivers, very different, you know, skill sets and body types. Keytron came in early in January. He had a knee brace. He was a little hesitant until he got rid of that knee brace and got popped a little bit. As soon as he got popped up, he got popped. He he hopped right up, and uh, and went back and he's thrived ever since. Six two two oh five. Guy that's very acrobatic and can contort his body well as far as you know what he's what's being reported by his teammates as far as what they've seen. He's he's been a guy that they've highlighted as far as that's impressed them. And uh, I think that's of note as far as needing other players to step up in the absence, even right now. After the scrimmage on this past Saturday, Traylon Burks was not in that scrimmage and did not practice, and he's been injured. So with Traylon Burks being injured, uh, Devion Warren coming off of injury, and then and then Mike Woods transferring, it it is key to have these three wide receivers on on this list at least one, hopefully two of them, can actually fulfill and step up. But from that we move on to number three. Number three is Rocket Sanders, and I struggled with this. I really I really wanted to put him higher. Uh, I really did. I, I, 6'2", 228 pound running back that was an early enrollee, heavily recruited athlete out of high school, a four star, as was Keytron Jackson. And, um, and, and these guys are the future of the Arkansas Razorbacks offense. And, uh, I think Rocket Sanders is going to get a lot of playing time from, from game one. I think he has a lot of potential I think he, I think he's aggressive runner. I think uh, AJ Green will will see the field as well. I think they're they're two very talented running backs that have two very you know different running styles, and I think it's a great thing to have this type of depth and competition at a at a young age because you could have your next you know two headed monster at running back, and um, your future is set up on the offense because both of these guys are freshmen, but. Rocket Sanders, you know, he, he, you know, Traylon Smith, the incoming, you know, starter, he's been injured. So Rocket Sanders has got a lot of meaningful reps and uh, he solidified himself as the number two back. Uh, him being highly touted, his size, his nickname, giving you the impression that he's fast as far as being his nickname, being Rocket and uh, being them, name number two and Coach Pittman multiple times now saying what do you what do you like what do you recruit what do you like what do you prefer in a player he said i like big fast guys especially ball carriers if they're fast and big i like them so rocket sanders 62228 you know his nickname and his size fits 
what Sam Pittman likes, I think you're going to see a lot of this guy. So all that being said, that's why I struggle to put him number number three. But Arkansas has struggled to get, you know, a defensive line that has been dominant, that has been something that they can, you know, have a, a strength in. And one and two, in my opinion, are the other two transfers on the defensive line. John Ridgway at number two is a big mammoth of a man that has been said to have a really high motor. He's got really good hands. He's big and physical. He comes at you really very, very aggressively. 6'6", 320. Um, This guy wants to make it to the next level. And to do so, he transferred from Illinois State to Arkansas. And I think he saw an opportunity to come in here and start. And as soon as he's transferred in here, he's worked hard. He's learned the defensive plays. And I think he he will see significant game reps. I think if he's not a starter in in week one, uh, he will be by probably week week six, week five. I mean, this guy is talented. He's explosive and he's big. He's got NFL written all over him. He has the option based on COVID, to have an additional year. He was asked about that in a press conference and said he's just shooting for one year. He wants to make it to the next level and help his family. He wants to, you know, get an education and, you know, and then get paid, uh, much like everyone else and many players that play college football. Uh, number one player as far as the top newcomer Razorback is Trey Williams. This guy is long, he's lean, he's he's athletic, 6'5", 255. He has eight and a half sacks to his name in the SEC. This guy is a redshirt senior. He's formerly of Missouri, along with Markel Lutze on this list, along with, uh, with John Ridgway. Three defensive linemen on this list. Well, uh, Arkansas has struggled to get to the to the to the quarterback. Arkansas has struggled to get to the quarterback and Trey Williams to his name in SEC play from the University of Missouri has eight and a half sacks. The new coach, Jermile Ashley, along with these other two transfer, you know, graduate transfers in uh, Mark Elotti and uh, John Ridgeway, I think you're going to see an influx of talent, experience, size, and a competitiveness that you haven't seen at the defensive line at the University of Arkansas in several years. And um, that's why I have those two, number one and number two. And then Utsi, number five. Those three guys on the defensive line alone came in. They were targeted. They were needs. They were targeted. They got them. They came in. And they're competing for starting time. And uh, they're going to add so much, you know, experience and and depth and and talent to this Arkansas defense that it's going to promote the the limit for their win total to around seven eight nine wins you know total throughout the season and and um I'm really excited tomorrow we'll see how things go it's another day of practice as they prepare for rice so That's all I have for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you later. Hey, everybody, it's Mark, and I want to remind you, if you like the show, if you like 
what's going on. If you think anybody else would like it, don't forget to share it. Give the show a like. Give the show on Twitter a follow at Mark Sports Talk. If you have a comment or a topic you want to discuss, shoot me a line at, at MarkSportsTalk at gmail.com. And uh, give me a five-star rating. Give me a, a written review that helps the algorithm, that helps me get my show out there. So I hope you enjoyed the show, and I'll see you later. Thank you.